Modest, open, and vulnerable may contain adult language and material that is not suitable for listeners under 18. This is a stream of consciousness podcast that delves into an eclectic mix of topics. Audience discretion is advised. of Honest, Open, and Vulnerable. I'm Matthew. I'm Scarlett. And I'm Ryan. Uh, we definitely appreciate uh, feedback and whatnot. Uh, the easy way to do that is post a comment on our website, hovpodcast.net. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash honest dot open dot vulnerable. And you can also, also you can find me on Instagram at Colonel underscore Tux. That's K E R N E L underscore T U X. And you can find us on Instagram at H O V Podcast. Um, you can find my blog at inscarletstorm.wordpress.com. And you can find me on Instagram at the Fuchsia Lady, and that's T H E F U C H I A L A D Y. You can also send us an email, hovpodcast at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail, 231-846-8420. You can find me on Instagram, at Matthew Scribbles. And we are coming to you from a brand new studio this time, guys and girls. White Room Studio. And How's yeah, what are you doing? It's been a little while. <laughs> yeah, it's been a couple months. Um, things have, at, at least for at least, um, at least, at least for me, things have been uh, pretty. I've been pretty great, crazy. Um, hope um, th- things I'm not really com- comfortable t- talking about publicly, but um, needless to say, they've really taken a lot, taken up a lot of headspace. But um, so th- things have kind of got gotten to be a little bit more stable ish <laughs> and so um, t- um yeah but uh we we do like to uh start uh ev- every uh ep- episode with our uh mo- moments of squee uh what do you have uh scarlet well i'm not dead um that's a pretty big one um <laughs> just so y'all know i'm now this is fido it's attached to me I've, Follows me everywhere I go. This is Fido. So um, I, I had to go to the urgent care clinic because I had bronchitis. I was so sick I couldn't even see straight. Um, but I went to the urgent care clinic just wanting antibiotics. Next thing I know, I'm in an ambulance going to Denver Health, being put in a lockdown ward in the infectious diseases section because I thought maybe I might have covid Um, didn't turn out to be COVID. They haven't determined exactly what it is yet. They think it's one of two things, maybe possibly both. And so I'm going to have a pulmonary, uh, function test and, uh, I'll know more after that. But, uh, she just, uh, approved me to work, uh, six hours a day instead of eight, which should help me a little bit, get my, um, energy level back up. So that's what I've been dealing with is I'm just alive. The other thing I would like to say is to my friend Tamara came over. 
And she was our very first real house guest that we've had in a long time. Um, of course, Matt used to come over, but our house is the plague now, so he has to stay away. But um, you'll be able to come over next, eventually, and you'll actually have a real, a real place to sit. It's great. But anyway, my friend Tamara came over and we all she, wore masks. She visited. By the way. <laughs> she she actually deals with COVID. Her job is to actually uh, call COVID people and make sure they're taking good care of themselves. And um, it's not it's not for our county. It's another county. But she just she's been a really good friend of mine since probably two thousand nine, two thousand eight. So. Um, I really appreciate her and I appreciated her really expressing concern and coming to visit. And that was, that was really nice. So that would have to be my moment of squee. What about you, Matthew? Well, I, for one, I'm glad that you are still among the living. Thank you for not expiring. Well, I didn't have a whole lot to do with it, but yes. <laughs> um, well, in the six weeks that it's been, or around there, mm-hmm. we last gathered around the virtual campfire. Uh, I think the thing that I would say that would be my moment of squee is, uh, well, I got older. And I did a lot of fun stuff in celebration of that. So I took a little bit of time off of work. And uh, me and my girlfriend, our birthdays are actually not... Uh, uh, all that far away from our, from each other, we kind of uh, decided we're going to just make the whole month birthday month and do fun things. So part of what I ended up doing was I, for the first time, uh, visited the Royal Gorge in Southern Colorado. And I figured because, you know, with everything, all things COVID happening right now, being outdoors and, you know, seeing a vast chasm of, of space you can't really get much more socially distant than that. So we, uh, we went down there. We ended up uh, buying a couple of, uh, 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 I guess, attraction packages is probably the best way to describe it. They have uh, a, a gondola that can take you across the gorge. They have a zip line that you can ride to come all the way back across the said gorge. And if you're feeling super brave, uh, they have a sky coaster where you, they can strap you down and lift you up to even more obscene heights and swing you to the point where you are, uh, when you go all the way forward, you are overlooking the uh, the gorge itself and all of its splendor. And I thought, well, I've had a good run. If I'm going out, <laughs> I'll go out like that. So There you go. Of course, that's my, you know, my bark sounding a lot better than my bite because uh, once you're up there and you realize the, uh, not, you know, no no pun intended, the gravity of, of your situation. Um, <laughs> you uh, you just kind of have to uh, hang on tight, and that's exactly what happened. So uh, had a fantastic time doing that. Um, it might be a little bit before I do it again, uh, just because <laughs> uh, I can only handle so many thrills, and it you know. It, in the course of a couple weekends, uh, the zip line ac- across was a lot of fun, uh, and and for that you really are just suspended on a cable, going across the gorge. Yeah, well, I always still have a great view before it snaps. 
<laughs> but really, it was, it was fun. It was a good time. Well, I'm sure they um, do a whole bunch of safety inspections and everything. <laughs> they do. Um, treated myself to uh, a new ice cream place in uh, Colorado Springs, at least new to me. I've never heard of it. Called Frozen Gold, and I had myself a Trix cereal ice cream cone. Uh, essentially, it's um, it's the same. It's a similar kind of, of ice cream that Dairy Queen uses. It's a soft serve, and they uh, they uh, they put they they title it. Uh, they they fill the inside like uh, they call it a soft core, not like that, but they call it soft core where they fill it with certain <laughs> things. And this one happened to be cereal flavored milk inside hmm. the uh, inside the, the uh, core of, of the ice cream. And then they coated the entire cone or, or the ice cream above the cone in trick cereal. Nice. So it, it was it was a pretty, uh, pretty tasty. And as someone who is a documented cereal lover, that that was Perfect. That was the best. That was the best the birthday treat uh, I probably could have hoped for, aside from cereal flavored birthday cake. Which, <laughs> if that's not a thing, it should be a thing. Oh, no, oh I'm sh- I'm sure it is. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. It, it, yeah, that definitely should be a thing. <laughs> yep, so that was, that's probably it. Doing stuff like that, and then uh, helping you know my girlfriend celebrate her stuff. I I surprised her with a, a trip to a local indoor go kart track, and. Even though while that was not outside and not necessarily, you know, uh, in the mentality that I would have had to, you know, like with the Grand Canyon, we had the place to ourselves. It was on a weekday. We had, uh, it was no, there was nobody except the people working there. So we essentially had the place to ourselves. And we just raced for uh, all the, the whole time that we were there. Uh, and who won? <laughs> who won? Yeah. <laughs> Um, the, the, uh, the obvious answer is not me. So, <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but it was, it was, it was, it was close. I made it close in, we we raced, uh, in our races, I made it close, um, uh, in the second race. The first one, I was still trying to get my bearings. It'd been, it's been years since I've raced in a go-kart before. So just trying to get my bearings. I did a lot better in the, uh, in the second race. And, more on this topic later, but we uh, we spotted a Miss Pac-Man Galaga machine in, at the uh, at, at the racing complex. So nice. Was able to get around a Miss Pac-Man in before we started racing, so that was fun. So for for my moment of squee was actually a re- result. Uh, so um, one one of Scar- Scarlet's uh, fa- favorite shows is uh, Mid- Midsummer Murders. Um, I I don't it's not necessarily one you know one that I part parts you know it's I I I know I mean I can tell it's a good it's a good show. It's just you know not necessarily it's my British. It's British and it's slow, but it's really good. But it's you got to pay attention. Yeah, it it yeah. is it is a bit a bit. Sl- I mean, I. It's a British thing. It's a British to just kind of be but, laid back and. They don't do search. Wa- I I laugh because they're always talking about search warrants, and yet, nobody nobody secures anything for CSI. They just come in and just you know they trample the scene. They, they don't even think about can you wear can you wear gloves before you touch something. They don't even. There's a big. 
plot hole because they don't talk about the logistics that they should. But anyway, it's anyway, really good. I like I like <laughs> it I like it in small doses. <laughs> right. And and so um but uh in one one of so while while Scar- Scarlet was wa- was watching that, I was just kind of like do, uh, in in a Wikipedia black hole, and I found and uh, I I ended 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 up on one that was ho- hockey related, and at at the end of at at the end of said black hole, I found NWHL National Women's Hockey League. Um, and so I'm like, wait a, wait a second, is this still a thing? And, and yet, and yet, yes, it is. And so like a couple, uh, I, I, next, next day I look, I looked on, uh, on, on YouTube and you can find all of their like pre, like all of their like last, uh, it was a 2019 se- season. And so I've, and I, I per- perused through that and she, in, you know it's it's a young, it's a young league like it start it started like 2014 2015 some somewhere it, somewhere in there and 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 so the uh the broad, broadcasting quality is a little i mean it, it yeah, yeah it, it's well um uh, you but it's the, any, it's any the quality not so much it's it's like the equipment quality, not the quality of the broadcasters. Right, right. Like like the like the well, I well I anyway. I'll get I'll get to that. I'll get to, anyway. anyway. I was I was watching. I initially watched like the like the regular season stuff and the play by play and the and the color commentators were fine, but it looked like something that I you know it's like okay, I give like give me a laptop two two. Uh, camp camcorders and you know the, this is this is what you see kind of kind of kind of thing there weren't there weren't like you know like uh like bot, like bottom third score or or you know like like the current current score and time up up in the corner it, it was li- literally just looked like but but then uh like the next the next day i look i looked up the uh for the the uh um, I, the, uh, the, the name of their, the, uh, champ of their champ champions, uh, trophy, which I, it, it start it's, I know it starts with an L, but it's the daughter of Lord, of Lord Stanley, who, who donated Lord, you know, the, the Stan, the Stanley cup, um, which, which I, which I thought, which I thought was a, a nice touch, you know, to kind of give, give that le- level of o- homage. And, and so I thought, okay, this of, of any, of anything, uh, this, this, if anything that, you know, will see like the, the best, uh, best broadcast, broadcast quality. And, and it was a lot, it was a lot closer to what you'd expect at a, for, you know, for uh, professional hockey and, and, yeah, they 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 actually had like rink rinks like people rink rink side like doing inter- interviews and and a broadcast booth for uh for the 
the for the co- color commentator and play play by play that that you know when they did like for like in, intermi- intermissions and it's it's def- it's not like what what you'd see in like the the Olympics where you get like two two minutes for checking. Oh no, they, they, I mean, it's not, I mean, it's not like, you know, like in the NHL as far when you, as far as, you know, the amount, like amount and amount of checking, but I mean, there, there's no, there's no penalty for it. (laughs) I mean, granted you still have like boarding and high sticking and all, you know, the other ones you'd expect to see out of hockey, but they, but I mean, it was, it was, I mean, it was, it was a lot of fun to watch and, um, they, they have, um, like they, they have like a, they're in like the second, second year of a three, three year deal with, uh, with Twitch. So, and then, uh, their, their next, their next season, because, you know, because of, you know, current, current times and whatnot, uh, what, uh, start starts in January and it's like a twenty. they had to go to a short, shortened season for, it was like 20, like 20, 20 games. So, um, I'm, uh, I'm not exactly in, you know, in the, unfortunately there's no, uh, because Amazon owns Twitch, there is no Twitch channel on Roku, so I'm gonna have to get an Amazon Fire Stick in order to be able to watch Twitch on on, on the TV. But I'm def- definitely interested in do- doing that once once uh, uh, before the start start of their uh, their season to kind of see what like uh, see see if having this deal with with twitch has enabled them to in, increase their uh their broadcasting cap- capabilities as as far as like reg, you know regular season games with like the the gra- graphics and 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 all that kind of stuff so so that so that was my uh mo- moment of squee the name of that championship is the Isabel cup Oh, Isabel. Isabel. Okay, that's yeah. right. I, I said it started with an L. I'm sorry. <laughs> like that's it, probably the the official title, and we can confirm this is uh, the Lady Isabel Cup. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. That may be why. When uh, I haven't watched the NWHL game since since they first started, but it, but women's hockey is uh, it's certainly a, it's certainly something that really could be with the right support it can take off and really get a lot of people really on board with it i totally agree yeah and with with the like the i think like the lar- the largest arena that they play they they play in houses like 2000 which is like a quarter of the size of Mac- magnus arena so i can definitely see see it being more uh, more intimate ex- ex- experience cuz you know you're you're all you're all like right there right there by uh right right by the ice so uh so yeah i can definitely see see how um i can be more uh exciting exciting to be there so that's awesome. I'm glad you were able to uh, check that out. I'm glad that it, you found the uh, the action and the the talent worth watching. That's that's uh, 
high praise. Yeah, there's um, like re- I I was reading through some of the, like the lo- local or the local recent recent news um, from uh, on it and like uh, some some of the teams um, si- re- recently signed some some players uh, from from uh, from Euro- from uh, European countries and so yeah I mean words def- definitely get getting around and and yeah it would be I I know and I was reading through some some of the rosters and a few few of the uh few few of the players uh from the gold win, gold winning uh U, U, US team uh from uh 2018 are play, playing on a on a couple teams and so yeah the the t- the talent's def, def, definitely up there it's um so yeah um, what 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 were your because because I um and I was Scarlet came came in like halfway through the sec, the sec, second period um what 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 were your thoughts on what what you saw I have one commentary because one player was trans and how I I was just thinking about this how sports is kind of having to um, conform to the new reality of transgendered um, athletes. And I just think um, I've, I've been saying it for a year and a half, two years now, that our next social fight is transgender. I really believe that. And then, of course, we had... We had a little derailment because of all the riots and stuff going on, but I really think it's going to come back to transgender is going to be our next real social battle. And I just find it interesting how they referred to this player as male by a male name. A male pronoun, yeah. But yet they they are allowed to play on a woman's hockey team. And obviously she's a woman. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they are a woman. I mean, they are female. Um, but yet, just where are, the, where are the rules for that? And I just, I it was just something I was thinking about that um, in sports in particular, um, they need to have some clear guidelines. And I just don't think that those guidelines are there yet. They're kind of figuring it out as they go along. But uh, I just got to thinking about that. I think she had every, he had every right. Sorry. He, she. <laughs> One, they, you know. they have every right to play on that team. They earned it. Very good player. But just, um, that just got me thinking. So it was Harrison something. Yeah. So that was my only, and I love a good female. I I love a good hockey game and the fact that they were all women. That was awesome. And I noticed though, they did a lot of high sticking, not intentional, but this, and and nobody got called on it. (laughs) So I thought that was kind of funny, but. Well, it was, I mean, it was a championship game and refs tend to swallow their whistles. (laughs) Well, 
they let a couple things go that they shouldn't have on both sides. But um, anyway, it was just fun to watch, and I love a good hot. And it was definitely, there's definitely um, a competitive spirit, and I love to watch a game that's played well, even if my team doesn't win. If it's played well, may the best team win. So that was just kind of my observation. But um, I would love to see more of the hockey games. So that's my that's my take. Now, what? Um, how? What? Um, how? As far as the NWHL, I mean, like, have uh, have have you like seen any of the games, Matthew? I've watched a couple, but that was right when they first started, and they were a four-team league. I I follow the league on on Twitter. I follow I follow the. Uh, I, I'm not sure if I'm following all of the teams right now. I'm, I'll have to go back and check my, my list. I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm following all of them except for the... Um, if they're doing it now, I don't know. And if they have done it, I haven't heard. But I think there's going to be... I think it's going to expand to, uh, to a six-team league with a, with a franchise base in Toronto. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's their, their next... Uh, their first uh, Canadian-based team. Yeah, there's there's still I think from what I've read they they're still working out the details. So it wouldn't surprise me if the Toronto team doesn't have a Twitter account. Um well when when I first uh, you know got wind of it, of course I wanted to to support that. I do follow some uh some of the uh the, the ladies on on Twitter, Hillary Knight for example, I follow a Shannon Sabatos. I'm not sure if she's signed to any of those teams, but I do know that she has played for uh, team uh, for hockey. Uh, I want to get it right. Team Canada, not you. Not, uh, <laughs> so yeah, Hockey Canada. Uh, so uh, when it was something that was first um, introduced, and I think it, I think it's at least been four years since they started having these discussions and seeing these. Uh, and I don't think Twitch was around back at that point in time in 2016. If it was, it was fairly underground and yeah. was not really as mainstream as it become. Uh, I couldn't tell you uh, about the quality of the games I watched because it's been so long. But I do know that the talent is there. Uh, I would like for it to become more widely known and widely accepted and not to, for people to either a just hear of it in passing and dismiss it or have the, uh, just only hear of people that are just kind of household names because of it, because of the uh, limited exposure they've had already. And to, Go back to Hillary Knight, for example. She's probably the one person most people who follow Olympic sports, Olympic hockey, not necessarily women's hockey, may have heard of. That's still a criminally low number. Mm-hmm. If, and to go back to my original point, uh, or that I said about it being really, uh, it could be really 
really fun to watch with the right support. They need to have that support from the NHL and have that backing to give that exposure and legitimacy mm-hmm. to this league and and not prop it up, but a partnership mm-hmm. and work mm-hmm. with them to promote the women's side of game because mm-hmm. we talk about fans and bringing in more fans and bringing in the casual fan or the, you know how do you grow the game women watch hockey women play hockey mm-hmm. there's your half yeah they're there, right there do that <laughs> grow the game with women invest in women's camps and training and all of this stuff because you know for guys, there it's gonna be it's gonna be easier. It's always been easier. You get women in, and you you show them, hey, here are players that are playing now, and that's how you build the next generation, and the generation after, and the generation after. Because that's what the men have done since you know the last century that the league's been around. So. Maybe I needed. Maybe I needed. You know, take my own advice and start brushing up more on the NWHL and what they're going through. I know that they had uh, actually uh, um, gotten rid of their uh, inaugural commissioner, and she was actually the founder of the league. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not sure. Well, I mean, I, she I she stepped. I mean, she's. St- that I mean that. I, I'm not quite. I, I don't know if "gotten rid of" is is the is is the right phrasing, but she she stepped she stepped away as as commissioner as part because they're they changed over to where they're they're trying to uh, enable more independent ownership because I know that it, the NWHL itself actually owns uh, like two two or three of the teams. So they, they changed to more mirror the NHL where the, where the owners would have the like a board board of governors. And so she, she's, she stepped, stepped down as, as commissioner, as part of that transition. And I don't know what, uh, what, what role she's, uh, she's what her technical role is, but as I, I know she's like, uh, like, I, I know she'd like, had like communication with like the, the NHL to try to work out partnerships and get, and get more and get more sponsorships and that, that kind of thing. Mm, okay. Well, I appreciate the clarification on that. <laughs> but yeah i definitely like to check it out more and uh, twitch of course is a growing platform and i think that's a really good uh stepping stone for them but uh as with all things um the more exposure you get the easier it's going to be for people to be invested in your product so with that partnership with amazon or that ownership by amazon i think is a good start but they're going to need more. They're definitely going to need more backing from the NHL, in my opinion, that to really establish themselves as a legitimate professional women's hockey league. I would agree and with not you that there. They're illegitimate now, but they they have a long way to go, and I really hope they get there. Yeah, same same here. So. Uh, um... Rick, Rick, Rickety, insert Rickety segue here. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't one, 
One thing that I uh, wanted to talk about um, after after our last episode before life happened, um, I I know September is normally one NDK uh, not non Desukan take takes place, and I which which I I know that that's been like a big a big deal for for Matthew. And, uh, and, you know, Denver, you know, pop culture con, which I, I, I've always known as Denver comic con, but I, you know, be publicly I have to use their new term, <laughs> but, um, that that's, uh, been a big deal for both, both Scar- Scarlet and myself. And I, what I wanted to kind of talk about is what, uh, conventions will look, look, uh, look like post post COVID, now I I know that um now the San Diego Com- Comic Con did and a and a few other places did uh like virtual cons where they you know pretty much well they just like have have a bunch of like a bu- bunch of panels like either through Zoom or WebEx or some some something similar um but I which you know that 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 can definitely uh replace some aspects of a convention but i mean you you miss out on the hallway track as as i like to call it and where you know those those random interactions with that with other nerdy weirdos and and you know that and put and 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 obviously the uh you know the uh you know getting getting a photo photo or autograph from you know from you know john barrowman or in, insert you know move, movie star here or you know art artist artist alley um what so uh kind of what 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 are your ideas as far as like how uh can what uh can conventions will look look like uh well i think that Right now, it's hard to say uh, with the the challenge is to marry the virtual aspect with the in-person aspect. Obviously, you can't have the in-person aspect right now just because the risk is too high. And there's going to the other end of it, there's no money involved in a virtual convention. Because no one's going to want to pay for a, a weekend pass to essentially watch a glorified Zoom or a Twitch or a YouTube stream. Because that's all eventually going to be archived and free for use later on through various means. So I think that there's ways to incorporate the virtual the in-person, but the technology for that may not exist at this time. We may be like what we were just talking about with Twitch a little bit ago. Oh, the the platform may be kind of in its infancy now, but look look at it in the in the coming mid part of this decade, let's say. And who's to say that we may not have uh, the ability to have virtual panels in. Uh, For whatever reason, maybe not with guests, like your your marquee guests. Those are the, the people that you're 
your attendees come to see. Those are the people, like you mentioned, come for the autographs, come to hear them uh, do certain things. For uh, Pop Culture Con, a few years ago, there was a uh, a panel where it had the entire cast of uh, Next Generation, Star Trek: The Next Generation, at you know in, in the theater. So you can't really replicate some something like that for such an iconic brand virtually. Mm-hmm. Nor can you really have that in-person experience where. Like said, oh my gosh, I just met John Barrowman. I just met um, Dave Batista. I just met um, uh, William Shatner. I just met whoever, whoever Rob Paulson. Hey, cartoon fans, if you know who Rob Paulson is, you know, you know what I'm talking about. So uh, those are the things that are really hard to advertise as a virtual event. It really is. Mm-hmm. And like you mentioned, hall, the hallway experience. Um, but that's really the whole, the hallway experience right now is what, what people are afraid of and being in large groups and being in so close proximity to all these folks. And you don't like what we're dealing with right now, who's, you know, who's uh, healthy, who's not healthy. Weird as that is to sound and thinking of it in convention parlance. Um, I do see some benefits. You won't have people destroying elevators. You won't have uh, hordes of trash everywhere for people who won't, for whatever reason, clean up after themselves. But those are minor things because people should really conduct themselves accordingly. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to be part of the convention. That's just your code, of, your basic code of conduct, regardless of whether it's a, uh, from a Marvel a Marvel movie thing or whether it's for an anime thing or it's a comic thing or whatever. Uh, the in-person will never go away. But there's a real challenge in how to integrate that virtual aspect in the guise of where the landscape is right now, I think. It, the, the two just seem so incompatible. If the time comes when we have a vaccine and a treatment, then there might be a way to make that accessibility for folks who may feel they're more they're more at risk or immunocompromised, where they can maybe they they can apply for a virtual pass and. At a, dis, at, a, at a reduced rate that will uh, allow them certain things virtually that maybe people in person won't really have access to right away to kind of incentivize it. It's like one thing that Nondiscon does, and I'm sure other conventions do this, is uh, early access to the dealer group for buying stuff. So maybe you give uh, the immunocompromised people uh a special pass where they can uh, pre-order stuff from the dealer's room and then they can pick it up and that way they don't have to worry about risking their health if they if, if they're that nervous about it. it it may not be the best idea but it's an idea it's something that we could think about but 
when you get into the, the economics of it, maybe even merchants will decide, you know what? I'm good. We don't need to be here. And that might also have its own set of complications for, um, for attendees. Because I know that when you, you two have probably seen it, people, you know, buying tons of, mm-hmm. you name it, at, at the dealer's room or wherever. It, it would, I think something like that would, on the one hand, be a blow. But if that stuff is all mass produced, you can find you can find that stuff online regardless. Where it would help is local merchants who do their own stuff for artist alley, and being able to go full blast in showcasing local art and local fan art. The the people who make chain mail or who do three uh, D printing or who do. Uh, uh, portraits and sketch and w- costumes and accessories, belts, weapons, stuff like that. That might be where the, that extra money comes in because if you buy something at a con that was somebody who smithed it, somebody you smithed the sword and you stole that sold that sword for someone. Mm-hmm. That's a one of a kind piece. You're not going to find that anywhere else because that's a unique thing and if it's anything that us nerds are proud of is there's only one of these things ever and it's mine (laughs) (laughs) one one thing i i can see is actually is like more like a like a growth of like small like smaller like in well, smaller in indie cons, uh, in Indian in inverted commas, um, to where where it's it's kind of, it's like they they don't they don't like get the they they do like like smaller ve- venues to where you can kind of like can control the uh control like how how many like pe- people are 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 in 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 the in that are it at at the venue but it's not like it's not like the convention center that that car- that carries a high rental price tag where it's, so that i mean like a big a big reason why uh like fanex or you know in in insert you know like wizarding world or you know dragon con or or at or at can be at can rent all all you know these these big spaces is because they you know they they have like eight eighty thousand eighty thousand plus they're they cram eighty thousand plus you know a hundred thousand plus pe- people in into these spaces and obviously you know we we can't like have big big gatherings like that so you know to have like less people you you need venues that don't charge as high a price tag like you know say like say say you know the the Marriott and DTC or some or or something like that, and you know you do you so 
I I can see I can see like you know like the the like say you know the Thornton Comic Con or you know for for instance the the Thornton Pop Culture Con or or Lake Lakewood Fan X or you know or well maybe not Aurora but <laughs> but any anyway I mean you like have like these these smaller like na- neighborhood neighborhood cons where you're you're still you know you're uh, I, you know, you're you're obviously your your comic book artist next next door is gonna you know you, you want to get get it in front of as many many eyeballs as you can, and so you know that there, but <clears throat> just I mean, as far as like in, incorporate you know kind of like the whole you know as I said you know the hall the hallway track, but like even well but even like pre covid like concrud was like a thing like if i i had to like develop a practice is like you shake hands with with your right hand and scratch, you know scratch your face with your left to to try try and a- avoid even just like re- like regular like regular germs that you know that that our immune system is already used to encountering, but you know, but yeah, I've met people on, you know, like I've seen them on like Friday, they're looking all spry and good. Then, you know, then Sunday, Sunday, you know, their nose, nose is all, nose is all red and how are you doing, man? (laughs) It's like, whoa, 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 don't touch. (laughs) It's like, what the heck happened to you since Friday? (laughs) And, you know, so, I mean, yeah, that's 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 definitely a you know a concern, but you know I can I can def as far as, uh, one um, in integration I can see as far as like joint you know and have have giving pe- people that are immunocompromised or or you know kind of like ner- nervous about it is uh, kind of like uh, like at at a you know, at a pan- panel in, you know, in, in person, you know, you set up, set up the chairs so that they're like, you know, all six, six feet apart and everything. And then have like a, for, for like the, you know, pe- people that are at home doing, doing this, doing this at home, they can still like ask questions using their, using their, uh, web webcam and you have like a, have a screen for the people, for the pe- people on on the on on the panel, so you can still ha- kind of have that that in, in, interaction, and you know, may, maybe you know their their um their their kind of like pay, pays for. I don't know. This you know pay, pays for some someone to walk walk around with with the laptop. I don't know, <laughs> but but yeah, kind of like like a like you know like a pre pre order an art artist alley or or some or something similar. I mean, but but yeah, these these are definitely two like experiences that you know that are ver- they're they're very dif- difficult to um uh very 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 difficult to like connect connect together they don't marry well that's what i was thinking they don't marry well mhm but... they're just not going to get along and a lot of that is also going to depend on your local org mm-hmm. is maybe 
like you mentioned, you have it in a smaller venue, like a community college, for example, but that municipality decides we're not going to allow anybody to have gatherings indoors of more than 20 people. And, and, and then that's probably where the virtual aspect will help, but it won't be the solution to solve all the problems. Yeah, I definitely think well, right, right now that like the virtual at, at you know, like the like say like you know San Diego Comic Con stre- streaming their their panels li- live on YouTube. I mean, it's def- it's definitely a stopgap, but I mean at at this at this point, like mo- you know, most, you know, pe- people going out in public today are kind of used to seeing like the the stickers on the ground where you'd like queue queue up and like people people take you know standing at the door take taking the temperature and and um <coughs> the and have you know having to wear like wear wear masks and and that and that kind of thing so i mean and i and 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 you know i've you know been places where they've set set up seating to where it's you know like that at least six six feet apart and so at at this at this point i think people are used to, i mean used to seeing that 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 kind of thing so i i think like the pra- the practice of going into a public space and having to account for so social distancing and not being able to go anywhere without with with without a mask and you know and that kind of thing so i mean i you know i i i think we you know I, again you know with more using utilizing more lo- local ve- venues and you know have having the these me- measures and measures in place at this this point i think it's more like cut, i'm not sure if this is the right, this is the right phrase but no like a known quantity <laughs> i don't know if that's kind of the right way to describe describe it but yeah i I don't know um, when we'll actually, you know, we'll we'll see con- conventions in the same in the same way that we did pre-COVID. Nothing's going to be the way. The You're not going to ever go back to how it was before COVID. It just doesn't exist. And the vaccine, I'm sorry, I will not be the first one lining up for that. That's putting live virus in your body and you have somebody who's already got a compromised immune system and I am not taking the risk. That doesn't mean I will never take that vaccine. It just means I'm not going to be first. You better do some human trials. So, yeah. We're a long way from (laughs) any practical path. Mm -hmm. No. It's not going to happen overnight. So realistically, we sh- we would probably be three to five years before we can really say that people can have a Comic-Con like San Diego Comic-Con or even the local stuff even be maybe two-thirds the size. Right. I think it'll happen. It's just... Um... Everything being so up in the air right now makes it impossible to really project what might happen. Just, you know, 
think we just have to wait and see. Oh, yeah. And it's frustrating um, because I was saying before we were recording, I was saying that I'm a type A personality who likes control. And I don't have control over COVID. I don't have control over this. I don't have control over... I don't have control over anything that's going on right now. And I just need to be okay with that. And it's easier said than done. Yeah, especially if it's something that's been ingrained into your your lifestyle that you, especially for those who are most, more socially mm-hmm. geared, that they, they circle these events on their calendars and they make the costumes and they make the plans and they get the groups and they organize the photo shoots and they do all this stuff and that's now all, that outlet is gone right yeah. now for them. Yeah, I'm, I'm def, I'm, I mean, I, both, both, both of you, both of you know that I'm, de- I'm definitely not a, one of these so, socially, you know, I'm definitely not, um, uh, an, an ex, an extrovert of it, of any kind, but like the, these kinds of, of events, like the, the, the comic cons. And I, I would, I would, you know, I, and I, I would even put like, you know, summer festivals kind of in, in the, in, in the same, in the same vein. I've been, you know, I, I've been go attending these of, of events for, for like about, uh, about 20, 20 years now. And it, you know, it, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I plan for these like month, like months in advance. I, and you know, a whole I blo- year on some point on some of them. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and you know, I block, you know, block out, I block out the block out the time where like ev- everybody I I knew is that that wasn't going to the going to these events knew knew that I would be unreachable during <laughs> during these days. Um, some sometimes because I was out of, out of of, uh, out of cell, you know, outside of cell service, depending on the event. But um, even uh, even in good times, uh, the pro- like the profit margins on the on on these kinds of events are very are pretty small. Like like let's say you know you start start up a a new a new con or a festival or like even like let and and we get like the be- the best people to actually that to actually man- manage and do do all like the nut- nuts and bolts uh, um, event planning and everything. You you don't you're not in the black for like the first three to five years. That I mean that that's what that's why the you need you need like they they had to you know find places where they could you know jam jam pack <laughs> a bunch of people and because the the profit margins are so, are so low, so um to to ask ask them to like you know for, in order to have you know something like this to where you know we're or you know and if if 
Like it would, it would have to be like maybe a third of the of the they like take maybe like a third of of the of the attendees and ask them to make to make that 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 kind of you know cut cutback. I mean, they're they're almost be- better off not having the event at all. To put it in contrast to those to that point. You got me thinking uh, because uh, as someone who's been part of the, the uh, convention team for 20 years, I've been doing, I've, I've been going to Nondescon for 20 years. This would have been year, year number 20 this year for me. Uh, you got me thinking about how many attendees were at my very first one. And the numbers were just around... 1700 I think give or take contrasted to where it was last year our last year in downtown Denver and we were probably scratching the surface of nine and ten thousand so I don't know what the official numbers are that's just my own guesstimation so think about it now in the terms of a 25-year-old convention going back to its population being what it was in year five. And it just sounds like in normal times, you would think this convention will never survive. What happened between then to now to lead this, to lead, you know, lead to this, this event? I cannot imagine this convention being that small ever again. But certainly under the guise of, of a pandemic, I think a lot of these conventions could easily contract to that point to where do you survive with the rise of travel, lodging, food, entertainment, safety. A lot of these cons that have become so prolific, or especially prolific with the uh, success of San Diego. I don't expect many of these cons to even survive. The ones that just sort of popping up all over the place, I don't expect those to continue on. I really think that this is going to be something that until we find our way forward, most of those conventions will disappear. And it is hard to make a you know establish a presence it's been i think it's happened at least twice that i know of here not counting the well-established ones like ndk like um and pop culture con where they, certain uh organizations have tried and it 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 and didn't work or you had the ones that were Kind of tread, you know, tr- you know, trucking along, and then they disappeared. Like Star Starfest, for example, that that was around for forever. Mm-hmm. Mile High Con, Mile forever. High Con, yep, fifty years, fifty one this year, and they're doing everything virtu- virtual. And it's hard to see these these names, especially household names, 
mentioned in your lo- your local region, wherever that happens to be, you all out there on podcast, Planet Podcast, uh, really could be in danger of either becoming something like you've never experienced before in your convention going times or your last one was your last hurrah which a is a sign of the times and two unfortunately a sign of the times. oof that got dark <laughs> <laughs> But it's not all bad because, you know, with changes like this, breed opportunity to innovate and Mm -hmm. create and try to find a way to uh, connect with your fans in a way that wasn't possible before, especially with the Mm -hmm. advent of technology. Mm -hmm. Social media was not nearly as prolific now as it was 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. Even five years ago, well, there there are ways. It's just a matter of trying to build that bridge between technology and the in person human experience. We'll find a way. Oh yeah, humans are clever, but oh yeah, it's gonna take time. To quote to quote uh, Jeff Goldblum, "Life finds a way." You weren't gonna say it must go faster, right? No. I was about to say you niverse. And do you know what I have to put up with? Do you know how to have what I have to put up with? I don't do that all the time, but (laughs) but yeah, and anyway. We're definitely in uncharted waters, and <laughs> if, if uh, you want to take the uh, yeah, the speaking speaking there, of water, <laughs> <laughs> you can tell it. Well, you're the one I'm that introduced my voice. Uh, okay. okay, so I was watching YouTube when I was supposed to be working. I didn't have anything to do, so I was waiting, and um, I ran across this commercial, and I realized. Five minutes in, oh, I'm watching a commercial, but I couldn't turn it off. Um, I had I actually had to watch it twice because um, he was talking about this uh, uh, charity that he runs, and it's called Charity Water. And I'll let Ryan tell because my voice is going out, but I'll have Ryan tell the story because I shared it with him, and we watched a couple of things yes. on him. Um, yeah, you. Uh, af- af- so af- after work, you know, you come out into the li- living room say- saying, okay, I need, I, I want, I, I want us to wa- watch a uh, TED-, TED Talk together. So I go, uh, there, there's a couple, uh, a couple channels on, on Roku that uh, for specifically TED Talks and looks, and she, she told, told me the name of the guy, Scott Harrison. And so I looked, looked, looked on both channels. I didn't find anything. I'm like, okay, well, we're going to find some, something on YouTube. So it wasn't on Ted, but he was on YouTube. He did some, it was at a church actually. And it was like a 47 minute talk. And so it was definitely not a Ted talk. Cause those are like 20 minutes. And, and it's, he, he covers like, 
not not exactly his life story, but I mean, he talked. He talks. Well, yeah, yeah, he talked. He talked about his upbringing. Um, he and how he was. What he said. He flipped like a lot. A lot of eighteen-year-olds. They decide. Oh, I'll do. Uh, you know what? Now, now that I'm adult, I'm gonna do the opposite. <laughs> or and so he. He became like a like uh like a night a big like night nightclub owner and you know part promoter promote party promoter yeah. and you know that and you know and he had the more whole... money than God. I mean, he had a, so, a lot of money. So am I telling the story or are you? <laughs> <laughs> Tell the story. I'll shut up. So here, here you here, here you are saying asking me to t- tell the story and you lost your voice okay, and you so keep it, tell it. <laughs> and so tell it. so he um he was he was essentially like rich in money but 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 poor in spirit and where he like he he could he could buy any anything he wanted at a moment at a, that you know snap snap of a finger he wanted but he just felt em- empty inside and so he he went he went through all all of these like diff- different uh char- charities and sent and uh, I think one that actually took took his money was like what was it Doctors Without Borders or no it was um the airship what was that called it's a it's an organization where they work with the navy oh right right yeah. right and then and they and they go to like different countries and like help help out the like well ship uh, i think it was well, okay yeah where they they kind of do like docs that doc they do they do something similar to doctors without borders that's right. that's that's kind of like why i thought of that and it, it was very up, uplifting for for he worked he he actually worked as a photographer for them to kind of tell help tell their story and there there'd be like lot the people would walk for days for for, for you know to try and get get some 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 kind of help and then and they they would you know there'd be like that like i just just to these don't quote me on these numbers is just just as an illustration like let's say they they could they could only help like 5000 they they went to they they could only help like 5000 5, people for the time that they were at that location or whatever there would be a line of like 35000 people and you know, Again, don't quote me on the numbers, but that that's kind of like the like the the percentage of the people that that they that they could actually help. But it it illustrates like the the gra- the gravity of the problem that they were, that they were dealing with. Facial facial tumors. Yeah, and he he also I think he also saw like how much of the of like the donations act actually went to. Uh, like just administrative overhead and how much of it actually went to help the problem. And so he said, and he, he thought, thought, thought of a problem that pretty pick any, any, any side of the aisle and any kind of, any, any, uh, Pretty pretty much one 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 thing that I, I think ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the people agree with is that everybody should have access to clean water. 
like re- regardless of like where you stand on any kind any kind of like political issue you know if you like at you know like man man on man on the street pretty much you're gonna get it's like do you do you believe everybody should have access to clean water i i doubt you'll you'll you, I, you you may do that for like six months before you find but find before you find your first no maybe I don't know. I doubt it's. I doubt it's. It's something that most people would disagree. That and most people would disagree with. So he's he set up a a, a, a charity called Charity Water, and he's, he gave he gave all his stuff his way. He took a year off. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, f- I forgot. I forgot. Forgot that part that he it's a little part. T- well, anyway. Details, details, and um, he he set up, set up this charity where it was like, pri- like private investors would pay would pay for all the administrative costs of ru- of running running a charity, and every single penny that some that someone would that someone donates actually goes towards get like getting people access to to clean water and a big part part of it is actually getting local people helped to help help in in the in the process like look like local people would help actually drill drill the well and so so you're at so you're make, making like an investment in like the local economy too to where you're like and and like I, I believe it was like a nine, nine or a ten year old kid that that um it's one one asked by her 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 parents like what what do you want for um for for your for your birthday is like and she, like I don't know if she like actually heard of the char- charity or or what but she she don't she donated her uh her 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 birthday to to clean clean water and um I I know there was a story of like a kid going around in a na- neighborhood at asking for do- donations as part of part of his birthday and it just, and it exploded on so- social media, where people were, you know, post posting, you know, don- donating, you know, they how whatever with <laughs> ber- ber- birthday and do- and to 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 clean clean water and so yeah. Um, one my mom a- asked me just 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 the other day, and I'm just like, you know what, <laughs> do do you know? So I I did I did this I did the same thing. I t- I told her about about the charity, and I said, hey, if anybody you know in my in my extended fa- family you know calls asking, hey, what does Roy want for his birthday? You know, tell tell him donate to clean water, because I. Yeah, like like there's in my in my mind with like how with how much like how much e- economic how much money like is being being spent spent around the world. There's no reason what that there's no reason for for people dr- drinking mur- murky water on a daily basis. Like and having to walk for hours to get water and have it not even be clean, have it have full of leeches and um just 
Uh, they, they said one time a guy went to go get water and an alligator ate him, literally. Um, so it's a hazard. And, but these women and girls are in charge of the water. And they have to, you know, they can't go to school because it takes them all day to get water. That's what they're doing, and they're not getting an education. They're not getting, they're not getting um, sanitation products. Um, they're not getting the, the water, you know, you can't bathe in it. And it's just, it's, it's one of those things that just, um, Scott Harrison was saying that he was really, um, moved because he was, he was taking photographs of all this and he was just, so he went to the villages and spent time with the, with the children and the, and the people who were trying to get clean water. And it was just, he says it broke his heart. And so he came back and he says, you know what? This is what I want to do. So what did he, what did he do for his birthday? He rented a, he rented a um, nightclub. He charged everyone $20 a head. He had like, he had like 2,500 people there. And, um, he took the money, donated it. He put it into this charity and then he sent everybody who had donated the $20, he sent them a report of where their money went, um, pictures, uh, GPS coordinates of where the well was going in, um, just to, he could, it, it was all accountability for where that money went. And that's when he started the whole, uh, the idea really came to him about how to run that charity. And then what, um, like one of the, or two of the, uh, like a, a number of ce- celebrities like fell, fell, fell in line as far as don't donating their, their, their birth, their birthday Two two of, two of them were Will and Jada Pinkett Smith. And he showed pictures of, of both, both of them in like some, some country in Africa, like help, helping to actually dig, 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 dig the well. And that, and so, yeah. And he, he, he also showed like, I think it was a short, a short video of like, uh, one of, one of these wells when they actually, when they hit clean water and it like sprouts all, all over. And it showed like, like, the the uh, the unadulterated joy of the of these kids like like un, under under underneath this like well that j- or you know drill that just hit you know haven't been showered by by clean water was... and they've never had any clean water that was yeah and they were dancing around and it was all the kids in the village it was pretty cool and then um but he says, you know, for sustainability, you need to have the locals involved. Because mm-hmm. if the locals don't have a stake in it, it's not going to be sustainable. But if you give them a stake in it, then it benefits so much more people. So I just, I thought it was cool. So if you get a chance, go on YouTube, look up Scott Harrison and Charity Water. And it's pretty awesome just to hear his story. I'll 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 put put links in the show show notes as well. 
so so that uh, make make it e- to easier to find because i mean it's at least at least for me it's it's tough for me to do- donate to a charity cuz they're not they're not always necessarily transparent as as, as to how how much of your money actually uh, actually just goes to administrative overhead as and how how much how much of it act is actually utilized towards the thing that they that 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 they do so it's not it's not nice to see a charity where like 100 percent of the money you donate actually goes towards the thing that they do (laughs) and we provide you with proof of that Mm -hmm. so Great story. That's humanitarianism from me, out the bottom. That's really cool. Yeah, his his little story was pretty cool. So, if you get a chance, watch it. I think the world would be a much better place if we all found our calling in life, kind of in the same or similar manner, where we're inspired to uh, give and do more for those who don't have as much. And on a happier note, did you want to say something? You know, uh, I think uh, buttoning up the show on a a human uh, humanitarian Nope, I think that's probably a really good, uh, really good ending spot. That's yeah, yeah. I, I would, I would, def- I would def- definitely agree, agree with that. So, especially now in these times. Yep. So, yeah, I, um, I def- definitely think. Sorry, I was just trying to find the right button. <laughs> so, I definitely think, uh, definitely thank you for listening or watching. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, we do appreciate any feedback. Uh, please uh, connect uh, or please comment using using the channels found on hovpodcast.net. And please check out our YouTube channel at bit.ly slash hovpodcast underscore YouTube, all lowercase. And if you want to stay up to date, please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or TuneIn. And as far as far as uh, show, <laughs> uh, yeah, kind of a rickety end there. <laughs> so, as far as far as uh, show titles, I found a vast chasm of space, softcore, not like that. <laughs> Unfortunately, a sign of the times. Whoa, that got dark. I like the softcore. That's good. That's funny.